Hello and welcome to the brand new podcast, Global Sisters. My name is Samantha Inesta, and I am the founder and executive director of a global nonprofit called Be a Sister to a Sister, where we help women and girls all over the world find a life of sustainability and freedom from violence, sexual assault, abuse, and exploitation. In this podcast, we are going to talk a lot about uh, the human rights issues, especially as it pertains to women, as well as human trafficking, the exploitation of women, and all things global all over the world. So it has been a really uh, tough year and a half for a lot of people. Um, I mean, I know that everyone's been going through it. So many things happening all over the world. Um, so many things happening right in our backyard. Um, the biggest issue, we can't ignore it, it's like the elephant in the room, is COVID. Um, COVID has really turned our world upside down, especially the human rights world, um, how we approach those that we care about, those that are out there with vulnerabilities um, and are trapped in places where there's no way for them to get out. It's been a very difficult time, but we are pushing forward um, and we have to push forward. We can't let um, a global pandemic stop us from trying to go out and save and help those that really need our help. Um, and so it's, it's been really a difficult time for so many of us. But the good news is, is that we're all still out there, we're all still working, and we're all working to help one another. Um, so with that being said, um, let's just get right into it. Uh, women and girls all over the world have always been in um, situations that that maybe they might not always um, choose to be in, um, and that also um, makes it a lot harder for them to make decisions in their lives that they need to make to better themselves. So in other words, you know, not all women and girls choose to live in poverty. Not all women and girls choose to live in an abusive home. Um, and not all women and girls um, choose to do the things that they do um, in order to survive. So one of the things that I'd like to talk about, um, which is really have been gaining a lot of steam, um, not only here in the United States, but also all over the world, is the issue of uh, sex work as being work. Now, I know this is a very, very controversial issue. I know everyone has their opinion on it. Um, but let's let's just take a look at this um so i know that there is the old saying that you know prostitution is the oldest profession in the world um and i think that putting the words like profession and work um on this type of thing is society's way of legitimizing it of making it seem like it's okay for women to sell their bodies for whatever reason because there's always a consequence tied to it um i think what we have to really realize right now is that um, you know the old way of thinking about a lot of things is just that it's the old ways and we need to abandon those old ways um, we need to make sure that those old ways don't come back because here's the reality of it especially when people talk about sex work no female wakes up one day and decides that she wants to offer sex to men for money as a career um, and think that it's glamorous and think that it's going to get her wherever she wants to go. That is not the thinking. But unfortunately, that's kind of what 
it is being insinuated when we say things like sex work is work, that it's some sort of glamorous job, that it's some sort of like need or necessity that they're helping society. You know, I've even heard some women say that, oh, you know, well, we need women like that because, you know, then this way the rest of us won't get raped. To them, I say, well, how's that working for you? Because rape is still very much a part of our culture. Um, so I don't think that that logic or that reasoning um, has any merit to it. Um, and let's also look at the human rights aspect of it. I mean, using a woman for her body, totally dehumanizing her of all of her, of her humanity, just to um, give men pleasure pleasure that they probably wouldn't ask their wives for or their girlfriends. But they'll ask this anonymous girl without a face, without a humanity, without emotions, feelings, thoughts, dreams, or any type of potential. Because apparently, according to society, there are two types of women. There are women that you marry and women that you just have a good time with. Um, and that's really not the truth. You know, there is no such thing as two types of women. All women, all young girls, have potential and they have the right to live free and they have the right to have a future so i would say stop categorizing women and girls stop putting them in these boxes that makes you feel better when you abuse them and when you treat them in a certain way that's number one um, and that'll help you look at other things in different ways um, as uh, also as it pertains to prostitution and sex work um, Prostitution and sex work, um, however, you know, they're, they're interchangeable, apparently. Um, some people will look at prostitution as something that women are maybe forced into, um, and sex work is women who are willing to do it. I would argue that they're both forcible um, work, work um, positions, if you will. They're, they're, they're both, they're, they're both positions that women are not gravitating to that, but they're not given a choice. I would argue that both of these professions are forced. Um, there, there, is, there is no choice that women have. Um, I'm not saying it's right, it's not right, obviously, but um, uh, both of these professions have a consequence tied to it. So sex work and prostitution not only is it interchangeable, but sometimes it could be one in the same. Um, there's always a consequence tied to it, whether it's mental instability, drug addiction, poverty, past abuse, um, past rape, anything like that could always be a consequence that is tied to the outcome of prostitution or sex work. It is not this you know, voluntary choice that women and young girls are happily making because they don't want to have a real job or a regular job and make and make money and sustain themselves in the way that a lot of other people do. That they're somehow that they're different. That they really can't do anything else. So if a woman can't do anything else, then she should go into prostitution. She should go into sex work. Or if she has a job and it's not making her enough money, then she should sell her body. All of these are lies that are being told to so many people and so many women and girls, and it's been glamorized in so many different ways through popular culture, through the entertainment media, you know, through music. It's always been glamorized as this, as this great life and this great career, and it's really just a big lie. Um, 
it, it has its tentacles in so many things. And it is one of the biggest human rights issues that we have today as far as women and girls go, because that will segue right into human trafficking. Um, when you have more of these young girls, you know, that are out there doing that, the more that traffickers have an array of young women to choose from. And that will happen. Um, a lot of women and girls, you know, even if they are forced out in the street for one reason or another, nine times out of 10, they will get picked up by a pimp and they will get trafficked out. They will lose all their autonomy completely. They will lose the ability to decide where they want to go, what they want to do, who they want to be with, and they will go right into a situation of trafficking. This is the ultimate human rights issue for women that is facing this country and it's facing the whole world. Um, and with that, COVID has not made a really good um, environment for that either. Um, I'm sure that there are traffickers that are finding ways around COVID to get these women and girls to still make them money because the reality of it is, is that they're making these traffickers money. These women don't get to keep any of the money. They don't get to keep anything. And realistically, you know, why would, again, why would a woman or young woman voluntarily go into a position like that and make money that way? Um, you know, her body is being used and used over and over and over again. And again, I don't believe, and I know that there are others that also don't believe that this really is a woman's choice. Um, and so having said that, COVID also pulled back the curtain on a lot of things. Um, when it comes to the human rights issues of women, what we saw when COVID first happened, when it first touched down in this country and everyone went into complete quarantine and lockdown, what it showed was that even a lot of marriages or relationships that were once very stable and sturdy and well put together completely fell apart. And of course, the victim was the woman. Domestic violence rates skyrocketed. Um, and that was due to a lot of many different factors. Um, obviously, uh, these women who are married or who are living with their partners obviously didn't know their partners as well as they thought they did because maybe because their lives were so busy when they met and they had other things to keep them occupied that maybe they didn't notice that, you know, maybe she didn't notice that he's got anger issues. Maybe she didn't notice that when he's stressed out, he drinks a lot. Maybe she didn't notice that he would ever take anything out on her. Um, and all of these things started just unraveling. You know, people were losing their jobs or they were getting uh, cuts in their paychecks. It was hard to survive. It was hard to, um, it was hard to pay rent, pay a mortgage, buy food, take care of the family. Things became really hard and it blew up into its own human rights issue. Um, and of course, again, women bore the brunt of this. Um, and it was a very, very hard time for a lot of women. Um, and it still is pretty much a hard time. Um, you know, COVID also showed how difficult it is for a lot of people, even people who are married, even people who are families, to really be together and stay together, which is also tells us how busy our lives really are, that we've never taken the time to really spend with one another to understand how we sync together, how we communicate, how we work. 
Um, and I think that that had a lot to do with it. So that created its own human rights issue. And then with the skyrocketing rates of poverty, people online at food banks, and I'm sure there are still people online at food banks, um, trying to get food and, and trying to take care of their families. I mean, I know that, you know, a lot of people say now, well, we're getting out of the woods. And it's like, yeah, some of us are, but some of us are still struggling. And it's been shown in any country, just as in this country, when you have high rates of poverty and desperation, the next thing to go up is the crime rate. And we've seen a lot of that. And it's not just, you know, regular crimes, but it is also human trafficking. Human trafficking will continue to skyrocket in many different ways um, with, with loan traffickers, with organized criminal groups, you know, when you are out there selling something like a drug or a weapon, once you sell it and you get that money, that's it. That thing is gone. You're not getting any more money for that drug that you're selling or for that weapon that, that you're selling or whatever else it is that you're selling, whether it's, you know, illegal electronics or whatever. You sell that to a buyer. They give you the money and that's it. No more money is coming from that person. But if you have a young female and you have her body, she can be sold over and over and over and over again. So with some of these men, with, what, with whatever they're not making from selling other things, from selling drugs or trafficking drugs or weapons, whatever they're not getting in for that moment, they're making it up with the bodies of women and girls. And that's happening right here in this country as well as all over the world. Um, we've seen women um, as always being the biggest collateral damage of any human rights issue, no matter where we are in the world. Um, women are always at the forefront of this. And it seems that a lot of people, even governments, don't want to look at that. They want to look at the bigger picture. They want to look at, you know, what's what's happening in the background and what's 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 going on as a whole they don't want to look at what's affecting women and girls they don't want to look at that specifically you know um and the idea that people here still think that oh no that's something that happens in other countries it happens here all of the time it happens right in front of your eyes and if you're not trained to see it, obviously you won't know, but there are clues there. There are clues there. It's happening all the time. So with all of this education out there, um, trying to educate as many people as possible about it, you know, why is it still happening? Well, it's still happening because I feel that a lot of people just still don't want to believe it. And also, too, there are a lot of issues happening right now in our country and in our world that's taking the focus off of this. Um, I remember when 9-11 happened, um, and that, that was a big, scary thing. I was very close to it. Um, I was literally right there, and it was really a very devastating and a very scary thing. And so that began the war on terror. And so there were not really police, but military people, military personnel stationed at all of the big landmarks in New York City. And one of those places was Penn Station, because that is also a hub 
it's it's a hub for traffickers. It's a hub for a lot of criminals, but it's also a hub for traffickers, just like every major airport here in New York City.、Um, and so there was a lot of military personnel stationed in Penn Station, with young girls being sold right before their eyes. And they did absolutely nothing because they were not trained to see that. They were trained to see terrorists. They were trained to see, you know, men of Arabic, of Arabic origin coming in, smuggling stuff in, maybe having a bomb, maybe you know anybody with a long beard and a turban. Who knows? And all this racial profiling at the time that caused everybody to go into this, this, this frenzy of hate. That because this whole larger thing was happening again, victims. Of human trafficking fell by the wayside. There were literally girls standing right there in their eyesight, and they looked right through them. And this is kind of what's happening right now with COVID. Women and young girls are still being trafficked. Things are still happening to them. But everyone is focused on COVID. Everyone's focused on vaccines. Everyone's focused on the Delta variant. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do anything about that. But we also need to understand that there are other vulnerable vulnerable people out there that cannot get vaccinated because they are basically being imprisoned. That is why they can't get vaccinated because they don't have their life. It's not just certain community of colors community of color that is being left behind in the vac in the vaccine process. Yes, they are. But within those community of colors and, and color, and within those other communities, there are also women and girls that are living a very different life than everybody else is, and they're trapped, and they have no way out, and they have to do things that they don't want to do in order to survive, and they have to do these things without any protection, whether it's. It's any type of protection from sexual diseases or even COVID. They have to do whatever the sex buyer says that they have to do, and they don't have a choice because they need to make their trafficker money. Because if they don't make him money, they're going to pay for it in ways that they don't want to pay for it. There are also women caught up in domestic violence situations. Where they cannot leave their home, they want to get vaccinated. They want to leave. They can't. So all of these things are happening, and I know that there is so much going on with politics: the right, the left, conservative, liberal. Everyone is talking, 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 and I can just imagine. What some of these women and girls that are in this situation are thinking—they're just thinking to themselves: Does anybody care about us? Is anybody even going to try to find us or try to understand? It's very, very real to think about that. It is a real situation. These women and girls are crying out so loudly. And they feel like no one is listening to them. We really need to change this. We really, really need to change this. I know all of these other issues are important, but this issue is just as important. It's not just about human trafficking. It is a human rights issue. 
It is a human rights issue all over the world, not just here. And so with that, I want to end this episode. And I want us all to think about exactly what it is we can do to bring this to light, to bring the issue of human trafficking, domestic violence, abuse, and exploitation of women and girls into the light in the midst of all of this chaos, all this chaos of COVID, of vaccination, of insurrection, of right, left, progressive, liberal, conservative, racism, everything. Bring that to the forefront. This country can no longer look the other way and still say that they're a beacon of hope when there are still people enslaved in this country in many different ways, in many different ways. We still have the young kids at the border that are still living in cages. You still have coyotes trafficking young women into this country. But they're not so much looking at that as they're looking at the drugs, as they're looking at, again, at the ammunition, at the weapons, at the terrorism. They're looking at everything else but that. They're looking at everything else but that. And they want to say that this is something that's being brought in. It's being, it's being imported in from other countries. It's not. It has been here for years. And let me tell you something. A lot of the traffickers in this country are born, bred, and raised in the United States of America. And some of their victims are too. Now, I'm not saying that there are not victims of foreign foreign um, ancestry that are here that are being victimized or have been victimized but there are a lot of women and girls here that were born and raised that are being victimized as well I want us to think about this not as just you know a certain country's problem but as a global problem as a problem for all of our sisters don't let the media, the entertainment media and popular culture twist your way of thinking of how you look at sex work, prostitution, and human trafficking. It's not glamorous. It's not cool. It's not empowering. And it's not a joke. And we need to take this seriously. So with that, my sisters, I'm going to end this podcast. And I want you to think about what we can do to help our sisters, not only here, but all over the world. And if you have any suggestions um, or any topics that you want me to talk about, please feel free to reach out to me um, and let me know what you'd like me to talk about. Um, I would be more than happy to. This is our first episode, so um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We'll be back with more episodes speaking of things all over the world. Thank you and be safe. Hello and welcome to the brand new podcast, Global Sisters. My name is Samantha Inesta, and I am the founder and executive director of a global nonprofit called Be a Sister to a Sister, where we help women and girls all over the world find a life of sustainability and freedom from violence, sexual assault, abuse, and exploitation. In this podcast, we are going to talk a lot about uh, the human rights issues, especially as it pertains to women, as well as human trafficking, the exploitation of women, and all things global all over the world. 
So it has been a really uh, tough year and a half for a lot of people. Um, I mean, I know that everyone's been going through it. So many things happening all over the world. Um, so many things happening right in our backyard. Um, the biggest issue, we can't ignore it. It's like the elephant in the room is COVID. Um, COVID has really turned our world upside down, especially the human rights world, um, how we approach those that we care about, those that are out there with vulnerabilities um, and are trapped in places where there's no way for them to get out. It's been a very difficult time, but we are pushing forward um, and we have to push forward. We can't let um, a global pandemic stop us from trying to go out and save and help those that really need our help. Um, and so it's, it's been really a difficult time for so many of us. But the good news is, is that we're all still out there, we're all still working, and we're all working to help one another. Um, so with that being said, um, let's just get right into it. Uh, women and girls all over the world have always been in um, situations that, that maybe they might not always um, choose to be in. Um, and that also um, makes it a lot harder for them to make decisions in their lives that they need to make to better themselves. So in other words, you know, not all women and girls choose to live in poverty. Not all women and girls choose to live in an abusive home. Um, and not all women and girls um, choose to do the things that they do um, in order to survive. So one of the things that I'd like to talk about, um, which is really have been gaining a lot of steam, um, not only here in the United States, but also all over the world, is the issue of uh, sex work as being work. Now, I know this is a very, very controversial issue. I know everyone has their opinion on it. Um, but let's, let's just take a look at this. Um, so I know that there is the old saying that, you know, prostitution is the oldest profession in the world. Um, and I think that putting the words like profession and work um, on this type of thing is society's way of legitimizing it, of making it seem like it's okay for women to sell their bodies for whatever reason, because there's always a consequence tied to it. Um, I think what we have to really realize right now is that, um, you know, the old way of thinking about a lot of things is just that it's the old ways and we need to abandon those old ways. Um, we need to make sure that those old ways don't come back because here's the reality of it, especially when people talk about sex work. No female wakes up one day and decides that she wants to offer sex to men for money as a career. Um, and think that it's glamorous and think that it's going to get her wherever she wants to go. That is not the thinking. But unfortunately, that's kind of what it is being insinuated when we say things like sex work is work, that it's some sort of glamorous job, that it's some sort of like need or necessity that they're helping society. You know, I've even heard some women say that, oh, you know, well, we need women like that because, you know, then this way the rest of us won't get raped. To them, I say, well, how's that working for you? Because rape is still very much a part of our culture. Um, so I don't think that that logic or that reasoning um, has any merit to it. Um, and let's also look at the human rights aspect of it. I mean, using a woman for her body, totally dehumanizing her of all of her, of her humanity just to um, give men pleasure 
pleasure that they probably wouldn't ask their wives for or their girlfriends. But they'll ask this anonymous girl without a face, without a humanity, without emotions, feelings, thoughts, dreams, or any type of potential. Because apparently, according to society, there are two types of women. There are women that you marry and women that you just have a good time with. Um, and that's really not the truth. You know, there is no such thing as two types of women. All women, all young girls have potential and they have the right to live free and they have the right to have a future. So I would say stop categorizing women and girls. Stop putting them in these boxes that makes you feel better when you abuse them and when you treat them in a certain way. That's number one. Um, and that'll help you look at other things in different ways, um, as, as also as it pertains to prostitution and sex work. Um, prostitution and sex work, um, however, you know, they're, they're interchangeable, apparently. Um, some people will look at prostitution as something that women are maybe forced into, um, and sex work is women who are willing to do it. I would argue that they're both forcible um, work work um, positions, if you will. They're, they're, they're both they're, they're both positions that women are not gravitating to that, but they're not given a choice. I would argue that both of these professions are forced. Um, there, there, is, there is no choice that women have. Um, I'm not saying it's right, it's not right, obviously, but um, uh, both of these professions have a consequence tied to it. So sex work and prostitution, not only is it interchangeable, but sometimes it could be one in the same. Um, there's always a consequence tied to it, whether it's mental instability, drug addiction, poverty, past abuse, um, past rape, anything like that could always be a consequence that is tied to the outcome of prostitution or sex work. It is not this you know, voluntary choice that women and young girls are happily making because they don't wanna have a real job or a regular job and make, and make money and sustain themselves in the way that a lot of other people do, that they're somehow that they're different, that they really can't do anything else. So if a woman can't do anything else, then she should go into prostitution, she should go into sex work. Or if she has a job and it's not making her enough money, then she should sell her body. All of these are lies that are being told to so many people and so many women and girls, and it's been glamorized in so many different ways through popular culture, through the entertainment media, you know, through music, it's always been glamorized as this as this great life and this great career, and it's really just a big lie. Um, it, it has its tentacles in so many things, and it is one of the biggest human rights issues that we have today as far as women and girls go, because that will segue right into human trafficking. Um, when you have more of these young girls, you know, that are out there doing that, the more that traffickers have an array of young women to choose from. And that will happen. Um, a lot of women and girls, you know, even if they are forced out in the street for one reason or another, nine times out of 10, they will get picked up by a pimp and they will get trafficked out. They will lose all their autonomy 
completely. They will lose the ability to decide where they want to go, what they want to do, who they want to be with, and they will go right into a situation of trafficking. This is the ultimate human rights issue for women that is facing this country and it's facing the whole world. Um, and with that, COVID has not made a really good um, environment for that either. Um, I'm sure that there are traffickers that are finding ways around COVID to get these women and girls to still make them money because the reality of it is, is that they're making these traffickers money. These women don't get to keep any of the money. They don't get to keep anything. And realistically, you know, why would, again, why would a woman or young woman voluntarily go into a position like that and make money that way? Um, you know, her body is being used and used over and over and over again. And again, I don't believe and I know that there are others that also don't believe that this really is a woman's choice. Um, and so having said that, COVID also pulled back the curtain on a lot of things. Um, when it comes to the human rights issues of women, what we saw when COVID first happened, when it first touched down in this country and everyone went into complete quarantine and lockdown, what it showed was that even a lot of marriages or relationships that were once very stable and sturdy and well put together completely fell apart. And of course, the victim was the woman. Domestic violence rates skyrocketed. Um, and that was due to a lot of many different factors. Um, obviously, uh, these women who are married or who are living with their partners obviously didn't know their partners as well as they thought they did because maybe because their lives were so busy when they met and they had other things to keep them occupied that maybe they didn't notice that, you know, maybe she didn't notice that he's got anger issues. Maybe she didn't notice that when he's stressed out, he drinks a lot. Maybe she didn't notice that he would ever take anything out on her. Um, and all of these things started just unraveling. You know, people were losing their jobs or they were getting uh, cuts in their paychecks. It was hard to survive. It was hard to, um, it was hard to pay rent, pay a mortgage, buy food, take care of the family. Things became really hard and it blew up into its own human rights issue. Um, and of course, again, women bore the brunt of this. Um, and it was a very, very hard time for a lot of women. Um, and it still is pretty much a hard time. Um, you know, COVID also showed how difficult it is for a lot of people, even people who are married, even people who are families, to really be together and stay together, which just also tells us how busy our lives really are, that we've never taken the time to really spend with one another to understand how we sync together, how we communicate, how we work. Um, and I think that that had a lot to do with it. So that created its own human rights issue. And then with the skyrocketing rates of poverty, people online at food banks, and I'm sure there are still people online at food banks, um, trying to get food and, and trying to take care of their families. I mean, I know that, you know, a lot of people say now, well, we're getting out of the woods. And it's like, yeah, some of us are, but some of us are still struggling. And it's been shown in any country, just as in this country, when you have high rates of poverty and desperation, the next thing to go up is the crime rate. And we've seen a lot of that. And it's not just, you know, regular crimes 
but it is also human trafficking. Human trafficking will continue to skyrocket in many different ways um, with, with loan traffickers, with organized criminal groups. You know, when you are out there selling something like a drug or a weapon, once you sell it and you get that money, that's it. That thing is gone. You're not getting any more money for that drug that you're selling or for that weapon that, that you're selling or whatever else it is that you're selling, whether it's you know illegal electronics or whatever. You sell that to a buyer. They give you the money and that's it. No more money is coming from that person. But if you have a young female and you have her body, she can be sold over and over and over and over again. So with some of these men, with what with whatever they're not making from selling other things, from selling drugs or trafficking drugs or weapons, whatever they're not getting in for that moment, they're making it up with the bodies of women and girls. And that's happening right here in this country as well as all over the world. Um, we've seen women um, as always being the biggest collateral damage of any human rights issue, no matter where we are in the world. Um, women are always at the forefront of this. And it seems that a lot of people, even governments, don't want to look at that. They want to look at the bigger picture. They want to look at, you know, what's what's happening in the background and what's 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 going on as a whole. They don't want to look at what's affecting women and girls. They don't want to look at that specifically, you know, um, and the idea that people here still think that, oh, no, that's something that happens in other countries. It happens here all of the time. It happens right in front of your eyes. And if you're not trained to see it, obviously you won't know, but there are clues there. There are clues there. It's happening all the time. So with all of this education out there, um, trying to educate as many people as possible about it, you know, why is it still happening? Well, it's still happening because I feel that a lot of people just still don't want to believe it. And also, too, there are a lot of issues happening right now in our country and in our world that's taking the focus off of this. Um, I remember when 9-11 happened, um, and that, that was a big, scary thing. I was very close to it. Um, I was literally right there, and it was really a very devastating and a very scary thing. And so that began the war on terror. And so there were not really police, but military people, military personnel stationed at all of the big landmarks in New York City. And one of those places was Penn Station, because that is also a hub. It's, it's a hub for traffickers. It's a hub for a lot of criminals. But it's also a hub for traffickers, just like every major airport here in New York City. Um, and so there was a lot of military personnel stationed in Penn Station with young girls being sold right before their eyes. And they did absolutely nothing because they were not trained to see that. They were trained to see terrorists. They were trained to see, you know, men of Arabic 
of Arabic origin coming in, smuggling stuff in, maybe having a bomb, maybe, you know, anybody with a long beard and a turban, who knows, and all this racial profiling at the time that caused everybody to go into this, this, this frenzy of hate, that because this whole larger thing was happening, again, victims of human trafficking fell by the wayside. There were literally girls standing right there in their eyesight and they looked right through them. And this is kind of what's happening right now with COVID. Women and young girls are still being trafficked. Things are still happening to them, but everyone is focused on COVID. Everyone's focused on vaccines. Everyone's focused on the Delta variant. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do anything about that. But we also need to understand that there are other vulnerable, pe vulnerable people out there that cannot get vaccinated because they are basically being imprisoned. That is why they can't get vaccinated because they don't have their life. It's not just certain community of colors, community of color that is being left behind in the, vac in the vaccine process. Yes, they are. But within those community of colors and, and color and within those other communities, there are also women and girls that are living a very different life than everybody else is. And they're trapped and they have no way out and they have to do things that they don't want to do in order to survive. And they have to do these things without any protection, whether it's, it's any type of protection from sexual diseases or even COVID. They have to do whatever the sex buyer says that they have to do and they don't have a choice because they need to make their trafficker money because if they don't make him money, they're gonna pay for it in ways that they don't want to pay for it. There are also women caught up in domestic violence situations where they cannot leave their home. They want to get vaccinated. They want to leave. They can't. So all of these things are happening. And I know that there is so much going on with politics, the right, the left, conservative, liberal, Everyone is talking, talking, talking. And I can just imagine what some of these women and girls that are in this situation are thinking. They're just thinking to themselves, does anybody care about us? Is anybody even going to try to find us or try to understand? It's very, very real to think about that. It is a real situation. These women and girls are crying out so loudly and they feel like no one is listening to them. We really need to change this. We really, really need to change this. I know all of these other issues are important, but this issue is just as important. It's not just about human trafficking. It is a human rights issue. It is a human rights issue all over the world, not just here. And so with that, I want to end this episode and I want us all to think about exactly what it is we can do to bring this to light, to bring the issue of human trafficking, domestic violence, abuse, 
and exploitation of women and girls into the light in the midst of all of this chaos, all this chaos of COVID, of vaccination, of insurrection, of right, left, progressive, liberal, conservative, racism, everything. Bring that to the forefront. This country can no longer look the other way and still say that they're a beacon of hope when there are still people enslaved in this country in many different ways, in many different ways. You still have the young kids at the border that are still living in cages. You still have coyotes trafficking young women into this country. But they're not so much looking at that as they're looking at the drugs, as they're looking at, again, at the ammunition, at the weapons, at the terrorism. They're looking at everything else but that. They're looking at everything else but that. And they want to say that this is something that's being brought in. It's being, it's being imported in from other countries. It's not. It has been here for years. And let me tell you something. A lot of the traffickers in this country are born bred and raised in the United States of America. And some of their victims are too. Now I'm not saying that there are not victims of foreign, foreign um, ancestry that are here that are being victimized or have been victimized, but there are a lot of women and girls here that were born and raised that are being victimized as well. I want us to think about this, not as just you know, a certain country's problem, but as a global problem, as a problem for all of our sisters. Don't let the media, the entertainment media and popular culture twist your way of thinking of how you look at sex work, prostitution, and human trafficking. It's not glamorous, it's not cool, it's not empowering, and it's not a joke. And we need to take this seriously. So with that, my sisters, I'm going to end this podcast, and I want you to think about what we can do to help our sisters, not only here, but all over the world. And if you have any suggestions um, or any topics that you want me to talk about, please feel free to reach out to me um, and let me know what you'd like me to talk about. Um, I would be more than happy to. This is our first episode, so um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back with more episodes, speaking of things all over the world. Thank you, and be safe.